Broadcasting Network. Okay, welcome podcasters. This is the jazz part. We have a little jazz history series going on here. And today I want to add a part to that jazz history. It's probably one of the most wonderful singers that came along that had a real feel, the melodic part, and also the beat and the lyrics. He really, he really, he, he himself wasn't trained but, um, in music, but he had a natural talent. And that's Frank Sinatra. He was a whole genre. He was more than just a singer that came along. He set up a whole new, uh, he set the bar up so much higher. Um, now, then he also acted. You know, he, went in, he did the same thing in films. He won his Academy Award. He dances with Gene Kelly and Fred Astaire. I mean, he, he was in a phenom- phenomenal uh, um, talent. But musically, his interpretation of this era we're talking about, the American songbook, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, um, is um, where he really shined. And here's a couple of things he recorded. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer.
here we go with our show. Hey, Dick- Jim, Jim, that, that line you say, podcasters, Yeah. I think you should trademark it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's the greatest line ever. I, I really like it. I'm not kidding with you either. Podcasters, eh? Yeah. All right, I was, going to, I was going to use addictions as the one. In other words, addictions, 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 day and night. We'll probably keep this show going on nothing but addictions for the next 12 years. It'll, for all you people are like it, you'll have it for 12 more years. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> we're going to forget that word. Anyway, the way that I'm using it is mostly in a very broad sense, in the sense of saying society is an active ad- addict itself. That takes in not just specific, but um, the state of mechanical being we're born in is, is the biggest addiction of all. Okay. Anyway, last week um, I gave different... Um, I was going. I wanted to um, just make sure everybody understood the the, the Buddhist version of uh, a life imprisoned, as Buddha would say, it, our word for addiction, and how to begin to work with it. So I thought I just would review that for a couple of minutes to see if you remember about um, um, this great emptiness. He says that we have and uh, all the things we do to fill that emptiness. And remember, we broadened it to a very large uh, spectrum. I said, it's not just to do with drink or, or uh, cigarettes. It's in, in many things. And mostly, and I want that's not talked about as much, but is, is uh, relationship and even love and addictiveness for that. Um, so... Covers covers a lot of ground, um, so we're in search. Like when you yeah. when you think about, you said the the last one, you know, in love and relationship. Um, when you think back on your past loves and relationships, and um, it's funny how they were the end all be all at one level, you know, and they 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 were just it. They were you know. This was do or die, make or break. And when you reflect back, you go like, what the fuck? Mm, mm, mm. Like, really? I I stayed in the house for two years for what? (laughs) You know, or I did. You know, isn't it nuts, though? I mean, you had been, I mean, I don't know if everybody knows your history. I mean, you had been married before and so on and so forth. I mean, but that. I mean, thinking about my past relationships, for instance, let's just make it mine because I know a little about it, and um, how debilitating those breakups were mm-hmm. and that they really don't, and now they hold no water. Mm. Yeah, certainly at the time that happened, it's very active love. Something's being taken from us, particularly if it's a breakup of a relationship, and a new person or others before, uh, the hope we have that maybe this emptiness could be filled. So that's one of the strongest ones. And um, we read every day in the paper about what people do to each other um, um, when when they feel this hunger, this emptiness is being going to, this is going to be taken from them. I mean, this fullness as the relationship is obsessed with, a lot of obsession in it. 
it's going to be taken away. Well, we read in the paper every day about somebody that, you know, hurts somebody or even kills the other person and the kids, the innocent ones and himself. Usually it's a man, and he wipes out the whole family. So that's uh, why. Why is it usually a man? Is that is there is that just genetic? Yeah, well, m- men are aggressive, so they do aggressive things. What are you fucking so they talking get a gun. about? <laughs> right. So they have a gun or something. How dare you, Jim? Right. Is it is it innate though? I mean, to to the biology of it. I mean, obviously it is. I mean, there's there's that one woman serial killer. K- What's up with Casey Anthony, the chick? Yeah, but she's not a serial killer. Oh, she's just true. a she's just nuts. Well, actually, what's your take on that, Jim? The case Anthony, I think. Oh, well, let me let's do one thing. What are we, now? Let's see. What did, what did you first present? Let's go back to that. The um, the men usually doing it. Yeah, the aggression of men, which is very 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 biological, the cultural role they play. Woman. Uh, commit suicide. I mean, I don't know what record is that, or they they do some killing themselves, but I think the rape with men is much, much higher. Yes, to do with this animal, nas- uh, aggressive nature, the, the testosterone power um, put into aggression. So it's, um, it's uh, and that's what you mostly read in, in the, the headlines of, new, of newspapers. So it's a strong one. It's the one that we want badly to cover and to make sure this emptiness is full. And then if we lose it, then we're pretty desperate. And, um, and, and we usually need some kind of treatment. And I've handled many in my practice, and it's very, very painful. And the ones that I have gone through, I remember those days of um, wondering when the, when the day is ever going to end or ever get through a night and sleep is... Uh, so it's a big part of suffering, as um, addictions are, produce a lot of things. And remember, when we first get them in our sight, uh, what Ray was speaking about earlier, we embellish them, make them much more. Than, it's mostly our hunger speaking. Um, and also we can't, and we, we give very little thought to um, future consequences of addictions. That's another one, embellishment and uh, little thought about what's going to happen in the future with them. So to get out of the prison, all the this um, obsessive qualities, um, I want mine was the first thing we talked about last week. I'm just going to quickly go over the three to remind our podcasters, podcasters, that if they want to use this method, um, to remember, I can write it down. Exa- examining the wanting mind, I want state of mind. <clears throat> when we said that we get up in the morning, we have immediately have a list of those things. I, this I want mind. It's very strong that part of our mind. Um, unless some light of awareness begins to touch that powerful mind, um, um, it, it's automatic. It's just reactive and just goes to to the next thing without even thinking of that. So the I want mind kind of 
podcasters, if you've been thinking about it or working on it, to contact that part of you and bring an awareness to it and its great power. Then we said the second thing from a Buddhist point of view of loosening the chains is loosening the fixation is the second one. To notice when your attention has become fixated. And we know that. Now notice when it's just going to one thing and it's getting very strong, building up a lot of feelings about it. So we need to um, interrupt this fixation through a kind of a special attention. That, that's the one that gets you in a lot of trouble, too. The fixation? Yeah. I mean, that's the one I think you were speaking of where it's like, okay, get the gun. Okay, what's the next step? Okay, you know, I mean, getting the guns, you know, way, way down the line. But, you know, it took from get to get from zero to 5,000, whatever that was, it happens. And I don't even think you're... Well, a lot of times I know when I look back on my past, you're not even conscious of the fixation that you're in. No, it's uh, it really is very hard driven. It's one pointed, and it's um, producing all kinds of fantasies and thoughts uh, that are revving up the whole being in a very strong way. All right, now the third one. I'm going to use what he used in another way, but let me use it in this way. The watchman. The watchman is something in us that slowly we could develop um, as part of us that could be more stable than the, the harnessing of what, the, uh, what a compulsion arises in us, whether it be food or sex or substances, so on. Um, we need something in us that is stable, that can be planted and look. Because the fragmented situation, I'm sorry, the, the impulsive situation produces fragmentation and disperses attention at the same time. No force is available. When we're dispersed and we're fragmented, there's no main stabilizing force available to us. And we're just following the force of the fixation only. And it's very powerfully driving us in all the centers. When what we need, as these different forces come to us, Remember, we're incredible prey for anything in the outside world that comes that's related to this can easily take us, particularly when the, when the attention is very dispersed. But we need to stand in between the yes and no, exactly what Ray's doing right now, and some of you other podcasters may be doing. We need to feel the powerful part that says, yes, I want it, and a part that could intervene and say no. There must be a conscious attention between yes and no. Let's just stop right there. Here's the yes, here's the craving, the drive towards whatever the object is, the appetite. There's something in us uh, 
using the watcher as the part of the watcher. Something in us is beginning to watch now. And that part is getting in between the yes and no and in between the animal and the divine part of us. Two, almost two ways to say it. The yes and no choice time when it comes up and the two parts of our nature, the animal nature and the higher nature. And that's smack dab where the attention can come into. So it can take from a dispersed attention into a, um, a more pointed direction. Because our reactions have to slow down. That's another part of it. The part that meditation and mindful help, help with. Because otherwise, the reactions we have are just powerfully automatic. They just go from one to the other. So something must slow, slow down. Some relaxation must slow down Ray may experience with some of the others as you as the thought of the cigarette comes, as the thought of whatever it is, the addiction, as it comes to mind, something in us must begin to slow down. Or otherwise we'll get caught in the reactive formation. That 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 bodes so true, especially with um stopping something like cigarettes. Because uh, I live in an apartment and everyone in this place smokes. Everyone. Wow. Everyone. So it's one, two, three. I mean, all different apartments. There's like seven people. Or no, six people. Five or six people, they all smoke. And when I go to my place, a lot of the times they'll be hanging out front and they're smoking. Wow. You know, so you'll smell it. And oh you can feel yeah. the pull and the lure of it. And I'm um, like, hey, how's it going? You know, like, great. How you doing with that cigarette that I want? You know, you can get, you can go down yeah. that. You can throw yourself under the bus rather quickly. Yeah. But you, you can't, you can't. You ha I mean, you could, but there, there, and it's funny that you say that because there is a, a lax thing like saying no to something isn't screaming at um, at the top of your lungs. Saying no to something is um, is more laxed and more thoughtful, mm -hmm. and more you have to really be more so present to say no than reactionary as far as saying yes to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, like give me another beer, give me another cigarette, give me another whatever it is that's in front of me. You know, you're kind of asleep then. Yeah, you're caught in that rotation of momentum, you're, which raises asleep. That's and that talks about our life that we're asleep, but particularly when we're uh, dealing with a part of ourselves that we're out of control with. It, it's also funny. The, your association with well, my association with the smoking is. Um, you know, then you'll do something in your head. You'll go, okay, people who smoke are dumb, let's say, or whatever you, you want to put to it, you know. So you don't want to be dumb anymore because you've been dumb for a long time, right? But then you'll, for instance, I'll be hanging out with a friend. Not hanging out, but we'll be working together, and he smokes. And I'll go, well, he's not dumb, so <laughs> maybe, you know, or... 
I've I've pri I've quit before and I've had two years under my belt before and um I remember when somebody would be smoking, I'd tell them to blow it on me. Like mm. it was fine to do mm. that. But not this time. Different different thing this time. It's not mm. it's it's a deeper thing this time and it's not a white knuckle thing. Mm. It's more that I have a center, more that I have you know, more, I'm more of a human being now than mm, I ever have been. Mm, yeah, that's important. Very important. See, if, if, um, if the cure for the addictions, even if it's temporarily, <clears throat> is based on, let's say, uh, the motivation is um, um, I'm doing it for somebody else or in a relationship or something, and the relationship in some way ends or divorce or death of the other one, and then the reason we were doing it has just left us too. Or if, uh, if we're um, doing some idea about work, something to do related to work, well, if work ends, then it's the end of that. In other words, when addiction is just based on that, then when the thing itself leaves or ends in some form, then we're left with the emptiness of what it fulfilled for us. So that's part of what the point Ray's making. Now this has, he's feeling something more inside of him, a deeper center in himself that's not just based on what other people say or think. Yeah, it's not, it's not based on what I'm going to get oh, or okay. what I'm going to, you know, how I'm going to benefit or something like of that nature, you know. Mm -hmm. It's not um, a, a greed thing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, it's a place that Thing I was going to talk about. I thought we were going to do two today, but I'll wait till we do this one. But it, the, there's a there's an um, a an ego, an integrating ego. Let's put it that way. Ego's got a bad name with the with the spiritual world. So always get rid of the ego. But my view is, you first have to have a an intact ego, because ego's kind of pulling things together an integrated um, ego. And that's part, I think, what Ray is talking about also, and something integrated in the ego that's beginning to get stronger now. Um, you know, ego, uh, well, there's another one, has a lot of interpretations, but I see it as like the ballast of a ship, you know, where the ship, they call it the ballast, that... Um, the weight of the ship that keeps it steady. Yeah, that ballast. Well, that's needed. They, they work and they build a ship, they work that. That if you didn't have that, then the ship would be very much um, uh, vulnerable. And capsized. And capsized and weather changing or different different kind of things. That is, so the, the ego, a way of thinking the ego, particularly what we're talking about, that it's the ballast. It needs to keep that ship afloat. So the stronger it gets, the more stable it is, and not depending on the will of anybody else or the opinion of anybody else. Um, then whatever comes at it in the storms of the life, uh, the ballast is able to keep the ship, uh, the person going. So an integrated ego is another one that we can... That doesn't come from Buddha. It's more of a Western Does that come from Jim? Yeah, <laughs> more I like from that. Jim. 
Oh, hey, Jim, Go with ahead. that, with the integrated ego and coming from Jim, can we uh, get a word in here for our sponsor? Sure do. Sure can. Hey, everybody. If you shop at Amazon.com, like I don't, but you probably do, you know how convenient it is, and you know what great deals you get always. If you want to support the show, and I hope you do, every time you shop at Amazon, use the Amazon link on our site to get there. You support us with every purchase. You can even bookmark it, and we really appreciate it. Unbeatable convenience, amazing prices, great shipping rates. I love Amazon.com just because they support us, and I hope you do too. So please do. Thanks, Amazon. Okay, so I got a, we got a commercial in. In fact, my wife said last night, and I said, she, she bought something. She said, you know, I... I put it on your line. <laughs> I said, ah, good girl. She, she, has, she knows how to do it. She knows how to do the computer stuff. So yeah. you're saying that your wife bought something on Amazon and clicked through our website? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All of our listeners should do that. Right. Click, through, click through the Amazon page on Life Lessons with Jim Carolla. Get us a, a little kickback. Keep us on the air. Yeah. All right. What she bought was, um, I think it was 12 cents. How much of that would be for us? We're in Julia, debt then. We're in debt. Oh, God. We owe them money. Oh, Gary, I had no I, By the way, I want you to know, oh, Jim, God. I had no idea what you were talking uh, about, and Gary intervened. Good job, Gary. <laughs> Holy That's God. what I'm here for. Okay, we owe, we owe you guys money then. Oh, by God. the way, I got a computer today. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Weird, huh? Look at this. Last week, the guy gets a smartphone. This week, a computer. Uh, wow. He's going to be like a fully tech-savvy guy in about Yeah, I'm going to get months. an earpiece soon, walk around with the... Oh, Jesus. God. I have no idea. So, so new addictions beginning, folks, while the cigarettes <laughs> goes off. Another little gadget yeah. for Ray. Fantastic. Oh, the okay. phone's confusing too. You can talk to it, and it'll tell you where to go. And you oh know, what, yeah, I know it's right. yeah, it's overwhelming. Yeah. And then I was looking for a place the other day via the phone. I go, no, 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 it's wrong, it's wrong. So I battled it, and I went into a dead end because I oh. thought I knew the neighborhood. Imagine that. Another dead end. Well, well, come okay. on, Jim. What do you mean another <laughs> way? Wow. Let's go, Mister Upbeat. <laughs> What, are you going to work Dead End into now, the next segment? What's going oh, on? Oh, yeah, Dead End. That should cover a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> or so. Okay, anyway, um, so I, part of another thing about Ray's talking about having something in himself, and, um, and I use the analogy of the, of the ballast for the integrated ego. Another word could be presence. I'm connected with something in myself that I can feel, I can feel the sensation of, not just in my head, not just in my feelings. Um, something has a combination of those. So I'm connected with analysis sensation, similar to what Ray might be calling that. I like when you give the, the uh, analogy, like tell the story of like, a child now, because that's fitting. Like you can tell when a, a child's intact. You know, it's not so much from the brain or as you speak. It's like the, the child's just present. Present of body, present of whatever its surroundings might be. It's like, yes, no, 
you know, a, like a really intact kid who's not messed up. They really, they shine that. Yeah, well, you're saying it. Yeah, you, you really just sense that about them. You see them in their bodies. You see their faces. You know, while I'm watching this um, Anthony trial, and they showed a lot of pictures of Kelly, which was the baby, two or three years old, going back between the mother and Kelly and Casey and Kelly and so on. And what Ray's bringing out now is something I saw in the baby. Maybe it was very free and very alive and uh, had a lot of joy in it. That's part of the tragedy of all this, this great little innocent being uh, that was um, no longer with us anymore. Um, but as they switched back and forth between the two of them, I saw it in Kaylee, and I saw the difference in Casey, which, which she didn't have that, uh, that look on her face, uh, how she looked at the, at the trial. It's very contracted. Um, there was a lot going on underneath of her. There was, um, Do you look at everything like that? I mean, when you, I mean you, you put that together with watching this trial and see the innocence and I mean maybe the kid the child I mean not that the child you know obviously the child was worlds ahead of its own mother at some level you know but do you look at do you look at everything like that like when you're looking at people or when you're looking at, at things for instance when I was in England and I met my friend's father I go aha now I see you know like now you can see what's really going on with someone. So I guess that is that habitual, not habitual, but is that just something you go to? Well, it's not something I'm, of course, thinking about all the time. No, it's, just, it's more it's the reverse. It's just that there's something in me. It's the presence in myself that I'm paying attention to. Uh -huh. um, I mean, I'm, I'm observing um, you know, the affect of people and so on. But resting in one's own being, resting in one's own presence, one resting in one's own, uh, even say, integrated e ego, to say it in a Western way, um, there's a certain relaxation, and there's impressions coming from the outside world in the, in the form of people, for those people, uh, forces are going on, and one's more in touch with himself as uh, the possibility of having the um, the head, sensation of the body, and the feelings as a trio. It's like a group of notes, like a chord, and I, I know it musically better. Um, in music, uh, the environment of, a, of one uh, bar, one staff, um, let's say there's a, there's a series of notes. There's the chord, particularly as an improviser, um, a chord sounds. The chord itself produces a certain ambience, a certain vibration. Uh, so uh, like a C, E, G, and B is a C seventh chord. So the chord and, and, and its sounding and its grouping of being together produces something. Um, and you get the impression from that. Um, and that's a lot of what music is about is his impressions coming up with his integrated harmonies that are going on that would be quite different if um, 
if one of the notes, if I, if that chord was written in that particular measure, let's say, but I went some, I went against it, and went to a C sharp, just a half a tone up, it would make there'll be such a clash within that musical episode that you would really hear the difference. But with the right chord, the way it was written, um, there's a, a different feeling. Something comes together, with the other one, something comes apart. So it's very much into music. So then how do, you, how do you answer for the current state of pop music? Of pop? Pop music. Oh. Yeah. You better, you better, you got some explaining to do now. <laughs> right. Well, that's all, there's levels of integrations and levels of things, you know, um, for people who that speaks to. And there's good and bad in every area. It's good stuff and pop and, and rock, and, you know. And music, music has, there's good in all areas of music, uh, a matter of, particularly if it's done well and sensitive and the composer knows what he's doing and so on, uh, you'll have that um, that sensation that uh, something could put uh, oneself relaxed or at ease or very alive and very even uh, animated from it. Same kind of thing. So it runs the gamut, you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, but when's the last time you were in your car and listened to, um, you know, Top 40? Oh, I, no, I never listened to Top 40. Yeah, that's 40 what I'm saying. Top. You've never. Yeah. The, I, w- I, would, I would think that would be a kind of a neat experiment to make you listen to the Top 10 <laughs> to of today. Yeah, make you listen to uh-huh. It would be like torture. It uh-huh. would be gym torture. Uh, for the right price, I might do it. <laughs> Give my agent, you all, you all agree to a price, $1,000 a song. <laughs> I would do it for the whole day. I, I don't think you would, actually. I think you might make it through one song. Right. Maybe. Okay, well, I see we're kind of um, we're doing a little shorter one today. Uh, we were going to do two. Adam's on his way in. He's got something going on that he needed a little more time. So... Um, we want to go in that direction, and um, and I think we covered uh, the three components of Buddhism today: are the I want mine, the importance of attention to loosen the fixation, and the third of um, the watchman in ourselves that's able to uh, get between the yes and no. You can try that one, podcasters, when you're pulled towards something. I have some sensation in yourself, they'll slow down and stay between the yes and the no. That'll be something to try. Number okay, four. okay. Make the quarter note feel good. One, two, a one, two, three. Okay, podcasters, this is our theme going out. And um, um, I hope things are going well with you and you're maybe using some of this for your own help. Well, we forgot to mention that Ray's got a hernia. He mentioned when he got... Remember that, Ray? <laughs> Did you forget about it already? That's personal, Jim. Oh, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. I, I don't know if I... I think, uh, yes, I do. He's a hard To be continued. Guy. To be continued. So follow that one. It's smoking. Incidentally, what day is today? Number what? Number nine. Number nine. He's number nine podcasters. I don't Nine days not smoking. Whoa. 
and nine days not scatting. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh. Get down, Big Jim. All right. So we want to honor Ray's ninth day today. It's always going to be his best podcasting day he's ever had. Best scanning day. Here we go. Oh, today is Ray's ninth day not smoking. Woo! Woo! Today is Ray's day of not smoking. Yeah! Yeah, we hope this keeps on going till he's finally un from under the spell. Ouch. Ray is Ray. Go ahead, Ray. Ray not smoking. It's my ninth day of not smoking. Right. I don't know how to do this, Jim. <laughs> okay, it's a little, he's in a different 64 key. Notes, 64 <laughs> notes, 64 notes. <laughs> he's in a different key. You hear how it's a, a Yeah, that notes. made my body hurt <laughs> just now. Made me want a cigarette, Jim. Bop, <laughs> bop. One more time, here it goes. Bop, bop. Okay, podcasters. Bully you do, bully you do. Are you trying it, podcasters? Hey, can you scat? See you, podcasters. I gotta tell you, Jim, I'm much better doing it alone when you're not around. Oh, really? I'm, I'm a master then. Oh, In fact, I got an album coming out. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC or email us at jimcarolla at adamcarolla.com.
to the Ace Broadcasting Network.